You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place for civilized man. What a spectacular changeover that was. You should have seen us all in the studio moving in and out. We're a well-oiled machine. Uh, in Showreel today, we're going to uh, hear from... Uh, Diana Paez, she's got a film called Our Voices, which is going to be shown at the Spanish Film Festival. And this is a an interesting um, look at the sorts of films that get made in Australia. Now, uh, Diana is, uh, uh, is Australian, but she comes from Colum- Colombia. And uh, she's been working, as she'll tell you in the interview, she's been working on the Our Voices project for quite a while. And... Uh, and producing a variety of uh, media uh, bomb mots for the uh, general community. Uh, but this is a full-length feature documentary uh, focusing on uh, people who have arrived in Australia through the 60s and 80s who are Spanish-speaking, which is... And it's in Spanish, and that is one of the reasons for why, of course, it's on at the Spanish Film Festival. Uh, which is actually starting in Melbourne, 21st of April, running to the 15th of May. You can already get tickets. The uh, m- the opening night is going to be at the at the Astor on the 21st of April. Lots of really interesting films. Uh, they uh, there's one that really caught my eye. It's called Language Lessons. I can't tell you when it's on because I haven't got the little bit of paper. But you can go online and check all this out. A Language Lessons. It's about a man who's uh, a uh, lover gives him, uh, what is it, something like a thousand uh, days of Spanish lessons over uh, Zoom. <laughs> it sounds like a very COVID uh, present, uh, but obviously at some stage uh, the relationship breaks down and so uh, uh, he, the fellow uh, has a long, not just a language connection with the uh, woman who is on the other side of the world who's giving him the Spanish lessons, but uh, there's the ups and downs of, their pers- uh, of, of the personal friendship that uh, develops. It sounds like a fantastic notion. Lots of different uh, things on at the Spanish Film Festival. This is a particularly interesting insight into... Uh, People who live in Victoria who are of Spanish descent, uh, South American, uh, Spanish, uh, who, who, who've given stories about their coming here as well as their settling here and their contribution to society, making uh, Australian society 
a much more comfortable, better place to live, I'll have to say. Uh, and, of course, the past seamlessly disappears, but uh, in a film like Our Voices, Diana gets the opportunity to serve up some of those reminiscences of those people's lives. So here's my chat with Diana. Our Voices is a lovely film. Can you tell me about how it came about? Um, yeah, so Our Voices started as a, as a project that Latin Stories uh, was thinking that involves the film, but also a report for the government and some community activities. Uh, so these Latin American and Spanish migrants that came from the 60s to the 80s um, we're able to tell the stories and we can share this with the entire community in Victoria, in Australia, and, and even outside. Um, and then um, I've been working with Latin Stories for some years now, doing some, um, you know, video projects. So we had a chat and, yeah, we decided we were going to do the documentary project. And then that's how I got involved because I was the director and editor. So mainly focusing on how to build and you know, edit these these creative stories that encompass like between fifteen to twenty five um, people, like stories behind. Well, it's a it's a fascinating approach because you use a very little narrative except say the animated titles and a little bit at the beginning and the end you you uh, allow these people to speak for themselves how did you choose the people um well there was a we had a list so the the project had a steering committee and some of the people in the steering committee are people from the community that have been here for decades and that are leaders in different areas uh, the arts area, social work, political, very different areas, and they suggested a lot of um, names. And then we started kind of narrowing down uh, because we wanted to have representation from all the countries, but then also be coherent with what was happening back then because the migration was stronger from Chile, for example, or Spain. Um, compared to in recent years, we have more Colombians, more Mexicans coming because we, I'm Colombian myself. Um, I came eight years ago and we come for very different reasons. So we started talking to people and then I really wanted to have a diverse, you know, variety of stories. Um, and as you said, that decision of kind of breaking it by titles and themes, um, it was a hard one actually because I, at the beginning, I really wanted to have uh, probably less stories so people could connect um, stronger emotionally with just some stories. But when we started discovering all these people, it was like, you know, it, they are all fascinating and they all contributed to Australia from their area. So I think, yeah, the decision of having more stories and then just break the documentary in themes probably also make it easier for people that are not even from the migrant Latin American community, uh, but from any kind of migrant community in Australia to relate to different things and to see themselves represented in some of these stories. One of the things that's most fascinating about this film and the people that you are focused on is that this migration has often happened because of either by choice, by someone's love life, but otherwise politically motivated. And there's a, a huge range of social and economic and educational levels from the people who arrived here. So in a way, that, their stories often tell us about 
Australia as 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 much about them. Absolutely, um, and that's what's fascinating from this country. Um, if we go a bit, you know, macro. Um, yes, this project is very focused on the Latin American community that came back then, but then uh, even personally, what I've been always fascinated since I came is it's such a diverse multicultural country and such a young country as well. Um, so it's beautiful and it's beautiful to hear people that, you know, see themselves in these stories, even if they're not in the same industry or they have the same story. Um and also to, to learn and to see how these migration stories have been changing, especially in the regions. Right now in Latin America, most of us probably come by choice. Um, it's not the same. We have different challenges, you know, with visas and all these things. But back then, they had other challenges and they came persecuted. Uh, but they came with all this, you know, willingness and resilience to build themselves a life here, to build a life for their kids and pretty much just to build a country. And that's what we see today everywhere in what we eat, what we, you know, the cultural events, how the country looks like. So, yeah, it's been a fascinating process to learn more about that. And I think in Australia, it's kind of never enough. You you always can learn because we have so many different cultures in this country. Yeah, the... Uh generosity or they start most of them start with a sort of a a terrible sort of sense of isolation but then they uh, have a very positive view about uh, their con their contributing to their positive contribution to society yes and that was something that i found as a common denominator in their story regardless of their area of work um and I don't know if it's something from the region even, uh, from Latin America, or even from collectivist cultures in general. Um, I feel the people kind of, they're always looking to do more and build more. Uh, you know, like probably their lives was fixed. I mean, not fixed, but kind of safe now. But they're like, okay, what else? How can we bring more to the country? And that, you know, affects the whole, the whole society. Well, one of them says uh, there was a lack of respect coming from the Australian community uh, uh, and also an innocence, uh, a lack of understanding of the complexity of other cultures. Yes. Um, yes, many people said and felt that. And surprisingly, the one that actually talked more about it, it's a, a person from Spain, which we would think he's European, you know, probably he would kind of merge more with the looks of what Australia people looked like back then. Um, but it's something that, I mean, I, I feel it has changed a lot. It has improved, but it's still there. And I feel that's why it's, it's important to, to show it and to, and to say it so we are able to understand each other, um, like see us reflected in different people and be able to live more in empathy because... Although Australia is a great example of how many cultures can live together, there's still a lot of things happening when we just, you know, feel a culture or a look or a color is better than another one. Uh, and it's incredible how they went through that. And people that you would think they look a certain way, there's no way they, you know, suffer from discrimination or racism, but they did uh, for the language or for just the way they ate lunch or things like that. And that's still happening. So... Yeah, I think that was important to to include in the documentary as well. Um, not so much to make people feel uh, 
angry and upset and disappointed and frustrated, but like, okay, it's part of the history and we're changing that and we can still do a lot to make people feel, you know, included and part of it. Well, that's part of the intelligence of the people, the, the coterie of people that you spoke to. This film actually doesn't just document their uh, struggle and change in lives, but also how they, uh, it's reflected in the political changes that happen in Australia, like uh, the taking on of multiculturalism as a concept rather than assimilation, as well as the um, discussion around whiteness. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I don't know, this this topic is something I, I, I've always felt fascinated since I came to this country years ago, and I'm, I'm always more intrigued to learn more. And personally, I've gone through many different phases. I've been uh, lucky I haven't especially suffered from anything too strong in, in terms of, you know, racism or discrimination, but... I've seen many things and I think it's really important to talk about it um, to, you know, still show representation because Australia is a great example of that. And exactly what you mentioned, it's not all about assimilating, but integrating. Otherwise, it would be just any monocultural country as, as there are already many in the world. And that's a special beauty about Australia. It is not that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fa fascinating to see through their lives, it actually happening. You know, people may forget that the life, the, the lives that we live now and the fab social fabric we have now uh, was changed by, positively by these people coming and working for change. Totally, and it's such a recent story as well, which was something that surprised me, you know, it still surprises me a lot. Uh, it's such a young country and everyone really has come from somewhere else. Uh, regardless if, if, you know, someone looks very white or not, which is kind of the more mainstream way of, you know, dividing people in race or something. Um, and I think that's also what's beautiful and what's exciting of showing this to most people is um, maybe people will see, you know, their parents or their stories or their grandparents' stories in there in some way. Well, uh, it was quite fascinating to hear about the uh, development of Foundation House, for example. Yeah, for example, um, before this project, I had no idea, <laughs> um, you know, so many Latin American migrants were involved in the, and Spanish people in the in the start of it. Um, I've, I've worked with other projects with refugee people, and I know how, you know, Foundation House keeps helping, and it's such a big organization now. And that was like, wow, thanks to all these dark things, if we want to put it in a way, is that all this exists. So it's beautiful, you know, that's part of, you know, history and acknowledging that and acknowledging them. Um, I feel it's also really important because most of them, if not all, they never did it for recognition. They did it to heal themselves, to heal others and, yeah, to thrive in a new society that, that they found. So that's also really exciting for me to picture them seeing this in the big screen, seeing themselves and their stories. So, yeah, it's really, really exciting. Well, because this is in um, Spanish and, and it's part of the Spanish Film Festival uh, and the fact that, uh, I mean, Australia generally being innocent of knowledge of the fact that, say, the South American uh, continent is full of different con uh, countries who speak uh, Spanish differently, uh, how has this been received in um other places in Spain, for example, or in South American countries. 
Uh, well, we're just premiering in Australia with the Spanish Film Festival, and we're still kind of holding off for others because many people want the premiere. But for people that have seen it outside Australia, uh, we were part of a festival in, in Toronto and in the United States. Um, it was beautiful because, as I said before, they all see something represented there, like something of themselves or their stories. And they were very surprised about even like Latin Americans and Spanish communities in Australia. Many people don't think that that's a thing or that happens. Um, but yeah, I think that that's also great of being able to show, uh, especially on this side of the world, where maybe there's less knowledge than, for example, in the U.S. about the countries of Latin America, to show that within Latin America and Spain, we are extremely, extremely diverse. And our histories as well, we have a lot of things in common, but you know, the generations back then came from certain countries more than now, and it will keep yeah, changing and evolving. Yeah, it's quite fascinating, isn't it? Because uh, I do remember the uh, people coming from Chile and um, uh, the whole of that political maelstrom, and then to realise that actually in Peru and Uruguay and a variety of other countries in South America that they have a um, a lot in common in regards to dictatorships. Yeah, which is it's tricky. Um, I mean, there's many things that led to that. Of course, it wasn't accidental, but. Back then, and I've also, because, you know, I'm from a younger migrant generation, learned a lot from that. Like many, many countries back then, including Spain a bit before, you know, the Latin American, uh, came from very, very strong dictatorships. Um, and what they lived, the resilience they've, they went through, even before arriving to Australia, I think was also really important in, in how it shaped them to just, you know, come and look forward and, even if they were suffering, try to, you know, not complain or not just stay there, but like move forward and continue working and doing things for themselves and for their kids and families. I must say that it was a bit hilarious when the, the story about the man who was singing in the street being told by a policeman that it was prohibited. <laughs> I know that that's crazy, especially again, because he comes from Europe. Um, so you would think he wouldn't find it that different. But Europe back then was also like um, very, how to say, it, they had a lot of movement, a lot of late nights, a lot of other cultures, a lot of things happening. And maybe here it was a more quiet, sleepy country. So for him it was, yeah, but it's crazy to think that this was just a few decades ago. Because now I don't see any police, you know. I couldn't picture someone telling someone in Melbourne not to sing in the street. It, it has changed so much. That's hilarious. But also that takes us into the arts and uh, that's a really strong um, element, isn't it, of uh, creating um, change, the arts. Oh, absolutely. And I think, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of the documentary has different themes that are very marked and kind of literal. And for me personally, because I feel documentaries anyways, in a sense, they're kind of subjective. And for me, the arts have always been like, I've always admired any kind of art and any, you know, creativity in general. That's yeah, self-expression. Expression. And how expression changes people, heals people, for me is like, wow, more than anything. So I absolutely need to put, like, in all these 25, 20 stories that, that we had, I wanted to put together those who were talking about the power of art because it was beautiful to 
to hear the power of music, the way they, again, they healed themselves with the music and then they brought it here and it was a complete different thing uh, and they keep doing it. Or the refugee person that, you know, he painted his own feelings because his brother disappeared and I just think it's, that was make us human at the end, you know, something that maybe will always stay there and what makes, that, makes us special is that being able to express ourselves in very different ways, abstract ways, and our ourselves, I feel, at the end, they just vibrate with art. So words are kind of irrelevant then. Well, what someone said, one of the performers said uh, uh, that uh, when they were performing at different pubs and stuff, that 50-50, uh, you know, 50% uh, uh, Latin American and 50% uh, Anglo-Australian audiences and that people seem to be woken up. They woke up with the music. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, just to picture that, it's it's yeah, it's fascinating for me because I I grew up in Latin America. It's kind of many things we take for granted, and then it's like wow, it is actually powerful. And then again, to see what Melbourne is specifically today, it's grown so much, and it's such a hub of culture and art and expression from everywhere in the world. So, yeah, that that was beautiful. And I guess for them, being like pioneers in bringing that, it would be a, a fascinating experience as well. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting for the local Australian or, uh, Australians, you know, to come across this uh, spark that uh, that opened up their lives. Um, you shot these interviews, most of them anyway, uh, in... Um, during COVID, and, and you apologise for it being in Zoom, but you do a very special thing in this film. You, uh, it's barely um, uh, discernible that it's uh, their Zoom. Uh, you do a very interesting framing. You, you, you worked on it, didn't you? Thank you so much. Because yeah, it was wow. It was a a strong, long process. COVID. Uh, we started. I mean, the plan for filming was pre-COVID, um, and I wanted to go to their houses to kind of film their environment, having them talking constantly in their living room, in their studio. And I had all these, uh, like, creative <laughs> visual ideas. And then COVID came, lockdown, and we were like, okay, we'll wait a little bit. After the lockdown, we'll film. And then the lockdown never ended. Um, and we needed to do the project. We needed to start doing the interviews. So at the end, it was, um, yeah, I, I even, like, need to accept, like, an an ego thing of, okay, it might not look as visually as you want it to for the interviews, but like always remember the most important thing is the story and the message. And with these people, like the way they tell their stories, it was, you know, it was even hard to cut all of it because at the beginning I even wanted to have less people out of all of them. Um, but it ended up being like a mixing pot of beautiful different stories coming from different places. So, yes, there was a lot of work around cutting their stories. You know, most of them was a Zoom call of an hour or an hour and a half. And then I was always feeling and saying, we could do a documentary of one person. Easy. Uh, I, uh, yeah, because it was hypnotic. I, I think it was very hip, it was hypnotic. I, I really enjoyed this film. I, I, sat, I wasn't sure I was going to, but I sat there and I was completely engrossed in these people. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you did. Like honestly, because it was it was for me and I, my first version had like three hours, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be dense. People are not gonna watch this. But then, yeah, no, the results have been beautiful, and 
people have connected with it. And going back to what we were talking about, the art and the expression, at the end, you know, that kind of, yes, it would have been beautiful for me to be able to, you know, film them in their houses, two or three cameras, light up everything in a beautiful, professional way. But at the end, it's part of the context we were in. And then in the editing process, I did put probably two or three times more effort to make these stories work together and to make the, the message, you know, kind of merge. So one person compliments the other and so on for the whole documentary. So I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, the um, the framing was really good, and the, uh, the 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 actual frames that you use for them, you know, like it's not just yeah, they don't yeah, yeah. cut the whole. You, you've done a great job, and I love I love the uh, suitcase and the map. It's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there was also a lot of thought into what because exactly there's not much narrative in in like a thing, but I always wanted to have something symbolic always since the beginning and I'm like what can that be something that we can show no words that represent something and yeah it was a beautiful strange search of an old suitcase and then what map could look better and then working with the animator to see how could it look you know like feel that it was merging with the stories and harmonic with what they're saying so it was a very very beautiful process making this film and I'm so so glad you enjoyed it I'm very excited for other people to see it (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, the music too was important, wasn't it? Well, very important. <laughs> and that's something from the beginning I was like, yeah, I, because again, I know the power of music. Like it changes our mood completely. So I was working actually with a musician in Colombia. He works in film production. Um, I'm from Colombia as well. So that was also, we were in COVID anyways. We were all working remotely. And the process with him was also beautiful. Like he understood the whole idea and we're sharing ideas all the time going back and forth in what goes here more of this less of that so absolutely I feel the music elevates the whole film a lot and I'm really really grateful for that work yeah um so do you know when it's screening during the um uh Spanish Film Festival in Melbourne uh it's screening on the 23rd of April um that's a Saturday at 4 p.m in the Astor that will go live. So, yeah, pretty soon. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you so much for talking to me. <laughs> I'm yeah. really grateful. Well, it was a good film. I enjoyed it. I Thank hope you. You, can, you can make it if you want to see it again on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the Astor is a, a great uh, venue. Yes, I know. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that was Diana Piers, and uh, we were talking about her film Our Voices. And as she said, it's part of the Spanish Film Festival, which is, and it's going to be showing at uh, the Astor, which is a great venue, on April the twenty third, Saturday at four pm. And there's going to be a Q and A coming up. Next is published or not? That's uh, a wrap, wrap for showreel, and uh, we're going to go out with some of that uh, nice Latin American music. And uh, it's from a uh, a session called uh, Congo to Cuba.
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.